Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift, episode 283. And I, of course, am your host, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived, the king of games. That's me. And you'll hear more about why that is later in the episode. But with me, as almost always, I shouldn't say that because now I will have screwed up the next show, just like we did the last show. But we're not talking about the last show because he's here with me. He's the light bearer, the light bringer, the light bearer, bringer, the Beastmaster, Third Shift. It's Eric. And he's going to tell us exactly how his week went. Eric, spare no details, spare no expense. Tell us what you've been doing this past week. Well, I'll tell you this, Matt. I've reconfigured our entire, our entire podcast. All right. We are now third shift, the anime podcast. No, no, we're not doing that. No. Everybody clap. Everybody clap. <laughs> I know it's a surprise. I know it's a shock. I know we just had a special patron episode. We were talking about some things we'd like to do this, uh, this year with the show. And I didn't say any of the things like I just told you, but, uh, you know what? So, to start things off, Matt, let's just talk about a few of the shows I've watched, okay? Because <laughs> I want to go into detail about them, all right? We'll start with uh, Tokyo 24th Ward. Man, I went into this one not thinking much of it. Oh, what? You got to Is this, this is, hey, the 25th, 24th, 25th Ward, is this the near future where it's like a weird big building and everybody's living in it? Because that's the visual novel game that I played not too long ago. No, it is not that one. No, it's not. But uh, sure? it is- I'm not sure? actually. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think, I think I'm like I'm like fifty percent sure yeah. because the shows and this was going to get get to it jokingly was that it's really sh- very short sighted so far in its narrative and where it's going it hasn't really explained much of anything. But in the gist of it, it's these these people. There's some some kids going through the school system. They actually have like powers. They're better able to handle situations than other kids and they live in these like all the wards in these areas and then each of them builds up like a hero team almost and i don't really know much else beyond that except for the characterizations of the you know the the coming together of these these heroes and some of the traumatizations they've had thus far so maybe it is maybe they're going to build on that and everyone's stuck in this large uh, little single cell ecosystem, but right now they are stuck in their ward, their area. It is that's their environment to protect, to live in, to to preserve, etc. So maybe it'll get more into that. See, we'll have to talk about this as you get into future episodes because it might cross into this thing. Because the visual novel that I played, it was there was very specific things that happened like in each ward. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this is crossover with that or not. Okay. Let me, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about know. it in a yeah. future episode. In a yeah. future episode of the brand new third shift anime podcast, we'll talk about it. All right. Well, let's see. 86. I went in a nut, I went in a nutcase with this show. 86, man. Holy cow. What a great show. It's about this group of individuals, the 86. It's this team. They're, uh, they're, they're tasked with fighting off these, these, um, evil robots or whatever from the different empire. But the thing is, everybody inside of their current ecosystem thinks that these are unmanned robots and that everybody's so peaceful and we only fight with, uh, robots now. But actually, it's real human beings inside those robots, but nobody cares. So they're all just like trash or worms and pigs and, you know, it's it's awesome. 
So it's literally Ender's Game. Like, it's, yes. That, it's literally yes, that same that. kind of thing yeah. going. But yeah. so cool because nobody's – it's like a Game of Thrones scenario. No one's safe. No one survives. Everyone dies. So it's kind of kind of crappy in that way that you just like – you can't ever get really attached to anybody because none of these poor souls make it out alive. Spoiler alert. Except that I'm lying because I'm not going to actually really spoil it. Things do happen. There's some stuff that goes down. But – it is very dark, and uh, it is, but it's cool because the way they they tell you about the characters, they were friends and they are able to work together and they are able to have these moments, but they also know that they're gonna die. So like when it happens, they're not all like oh, bah, ho, ho. it's they're just like shocked. They're just beyond able to actually just feel anything for. It. They just keep moving on. And just pent up whatever anger and frustration they have. And it comes out sometimes. It's really good. Good show, man. I'd recommend you check it out. I don't know. I think they're going to – well, I hope they're going to have another season because where they left it off at, it's definitely, you know, not the end. But who knows? I've learned through watching Becoming an Anime Nerd that sometimes you'll never – you just don't get closure. You just don't get it. You'll never get it. True. These shows get canceled constantly. But sometimes it's for the best, though, because sometimes the show goes on and then it just goes. Well, I mean, even with yeah, American it shows, it just goes on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Whereas sometimes if you just cut it, and then you can either, if it's based on a manga, go read the manga ending, or you can just. What I like to do, uh, here's what I think it would do. That's the ending that yeah. I've chosen. That's what I'm gonna give it and walk away from. Yeah. yeah, they would probably go do this. I don't care what the official word is. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know you don't have to give me the Poochie died on his way to his home planet screen at the end. I get it. I know what's gonna happen. Exactly. So, of course, with that being watched, uh, The Strongest Sage with the Weakest Crest, been watching that. Uh, I'm still mixed on it. Pretty good. I don't know. Platinum End, really good show so far. Uh, God's decided to retire. He's he's going to pick a new god, so he takes his angels to go pick somebody out in Japan. More specifically, I think it's Tokyo, Japan, uh, that you think will be a good god, but it has to be somebody who's like going to kill themselves because... Only someone who's willing to actually go through and kill themselves has the fortitude to change something, and that's the whole premise of this. That's a really good show, watching that one. We've got uh, Demon Slayer, obviously. Every every sucker's watching that show. I mean, it's amazing, don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't consider you an actually anime you know, snuff if, you ain't, if you're watching that. A lot of casuals watch that one. Uh, we got, oh, oh, My Dress Up Darling. Man, wow, what a great show. I'm telling you. This. <laughs> All right, this show's going off the rails. I'm, I'm winding not, it in. Listen, no, Sabico, I don't care. Bisco, no, gamers, no. Shut up, Eric. Into the land of Shut Liddell. up. We're done. My team. That's my it. team. We're done. Get out of here. My Wait, team romantic Here's what I did this listen, week. Oh, got, my goodness. Hey, Check out all the cool things that I, I did. I've got so much anime we can talk about, man. I've watched, I think I got, I think I got about 37 shows I could tell you about. That's all I've done. I don't even know what are games, man. What you said you something about playing a video game? I don't do that. I don't do that. I just watch anime. Listen, man, don't judge me because this is all I do anymore. All right. Don't try to derail this, throw me off the show just because I watch anime and don't play video games anymore. Yes, I've devolved. I've devolved into an anime beast. That's all I can what can I tell you? I don't know. I look at a game anymore and I go, eh, I don't want to play it. I just don't want to. I don't feel like it. These controllers, man, they're all heavy. They're cumbersome. Ah, I could just watch anime and drift away. It's better. It's better. You got to fix yourself, Eric. You got to fix yourself. Ah, that's my week. That's my week, man. That's what I did this week. And uh, yeah, I still don't feel motivation to play video games next week either. So I don't know. We'll see. See, I was going to say, you've had two weeks of this. You're cut off. 
January is over. There's no more excuses. It's time to get back and play video games like I've been doing. I've been playing games like a fiend. And the best thing, the best thing about being the king of games is you beat games like a, like a crazy fool. I took some days off at work because I knew it was going to be snowmageddon out here. By the way, it's snowmageddon out here. We got like a foot of snow. Everybody's going nuts. Everybody's going crazy. I've been going nuts with my controllers, sitting on my couch, playing Scarlet Nexus and beating that game and going, this was great, but I wish I had played it all in one sitting because I started up halfway through the game and I went, I feel like I remember what's going on. And after like two sessions, I was like, okay, I kind of do. And then it got to the end and I went, why is this big main end villain, like the last person you fight, why has he not been like harassing us in every, what are they called, sessions or or, or chapters or whatever? Mm-hmm. Why has he not been hassling us in every single one of those? Yuito's story especially, maybe it was different in Kasane's because I know she went and did different stuff. I heard about it later. Most of his story is, I don't know what's going on. Let's go over there. What's going on? Oh, we fought. I still don't know anything. And then the story wrapped up, and I went, okay, well, I mean, I get it, but, like, how is this all, all connected? Like, I know it was kind of all connected, but, okay, we did it. We did the thing at the end. You saved the we day. saved the day, and I saw it's the credits, nice. and it was great. <laughs> Another game I played, I, it was literally after I beat that. I went, what am I going to do now? I don't know. I turned off the Xbox for a little bit. On the PS5, I played a little bit of another game I'll talk about in a little bit. Then I came back to the Xbox, I played Death's Door, and I went, I'll go see what the next boss is. And I got to the next boss, and I went, I'll see what the next area is like. I went through the next area, then I fought the next boss, and then I fought the final boss. And I went, oh, it's done. This is great. The one cool thing is, you know, it basically is a Zelda game. So, you know, you unlock this and that and the other thing, which allows you to go into certain areas of the next area, but I, you remember going through all the areas beforehand. Oh, this this is where I could have used the hook shot. So I could totally go back and do all the secrets and do all the things. But I'm probably not going to do that. It was a great game. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like now that it's done, I mean, it's kind of done. I don't need health upgrades because I'm not going to fight a boss again because the game's over. But a fantastic game. I wish I had just stuck with it when I started playing it. Because it was so good, it might have been on my Game of the Year list last year as we did them. But still a fantastic game, and it's on Game Pass. Everybody, just go play it for free and have a good time. Just like Scarlet Nexus is. Go play that and have a good time. Another game that was on Game Pass that I put a little bit more time into this week was Dandy Ace, the Hades-like, you know, dungeon-crawling roguelike. Played a few more runs of that. You know, I put a decent amount of time into it. It's not a game that I'm going to play through and complete and beat. I kind of decided, well, I'm I'm putting more runs into it, but I'm not having more and more fun. Like, I'm kind of doing the same strategies over and over because they work really well up until I get to a boss that kind of smashes me. And I went, okay, well, it's fun, but I'm not going to put so much more time into it that I'm going to just keep doing it for a long time, like I did with Hades, because they're in Hades, you go back to the castle and you talk to all your friends and you unlock friend things and you give them gifts and you progress your relationship with them. Versus in Dandy Ace, you go and you die and you start the dungeon over again. And you can still unlock stuff that helps you in your next runs, but there's not that story element there. There's not characters that I really want to go talk to. There's literally three characters so far and one sells you stuff, one sells you stuff, and the other is the boss who created this whole thing. So he's got nothing else to say. So fun game, but just I'm putting it off to the side for now. 
when I put it off to the side, I start up One Step from Eden, which is the card-based deck-building roguelite that's on a grid, like Mega Man Battle Network, if anybody remembers me talking about that. And I played a few runs of that, and I went, this is great, but it is so fast-paced and stressful. Like, when you watch it in action, stuff is flying everywhere, and things are going, and it's just freaking nuts. And I went, this is a lot of fun, but I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Plus... The way that the actions work, like you have a deck of cards and when you start the battle, two come out and you have to use them to get more or like reshuffle the deck, which takes a few seconds. But to look at what your character is doing, what space you're on, what the enemies are doing, what space they're on, what two cards came up and then where your cursor is pointed on the enemy space to use which card. And then remember the symbols on the cards because they don't actually just tell you what they do. All in a real time, super fast, you got to do it type of thing. It's a little bit too much. It's fun. It looks great. It sounds great. It plays great. But I'm just, I got no time for all that stressing. I'm just like you. I look at that and I go, I'd rather just watch a YouTube show. I can't do it. So played a few runs of that. I had a feeling this was going to be the case, but I put some time in. It was free on Game Pass. And I went, okay, that's not going to be my Game Pass game for February. Once I decided to do that, a few weeks ago, I went through my Switch backlog, my little crossbar thing. Way at the bottom was Transistor, which I had started like the day after I beat Bastion, like three years ago when I first played Bastion and beat that and went, this is great. And I started up Transistor and made it like a quarter of the way through. And I went, I got too much isometric fun times with Supergiant games. I can't do it again. And I went, I'm going to do this again. I started up new today and I beat it today. Fantastic game. The abilities and the the stuff that you get and then the way you can augment those abilities, it's the pulling the strings type of stuff that I love so much. And it's a beautiful world, a really well-told story. I loved the ending, but just the way that you could kit out your character in so many different ways and do so many different things. I ended up totally cheesing stuff with an invisibility and then locking up charm and like bounce effects on my other stuff. Oh, it was wonderful i loved playing through that i'm sad that it's over and then the last game that i'll talk about oh because there's another thing outside of gaming to talk about okay i'm gonna try and wrap it up last game to talk about deep rock galactic i play that on friday nights when my buddy eric's not around and i have a great time i be a dwarf i dig and i mine ore and i shoot bugs and I have a great time and i accomplish missions they've got a lunar new year event going on right now so you can unlock a lunar new year hat and all kinds of stuff and if you go to the bar it's all decked out with hanging lanterns and stuff oh it's a wonderful time and i kid you not eric it was a beautiful moment I was browsing on Instagram today, and we all know how all your internet traffic, it's all tracked across every single site you visit. Even when you say, don't track my stuff, they totally do. I've looked up Deep Rock Galactic twice. Once to find out how to promote a character, or a class, I mean, and once for, I don't know, something else, maybe where to get items for the brewery. Going through Instagram today, scroll, scroll, scroll. What's this an ad for? Deep Rock Galactic, the board game, coming soon to Kickstarter. <laughs> I appreciate that you tracked my traffic and you know that I like Deep Rock Galactic because this is cool and I put notify me on launch so I can know all about it. And then to wrap it up for the week, this was like the first thing I did last weekend too, so it's taken me all the way back full circle. I went and saw Frozen at the Wharton Center, the Broadway musical version. What a great show. I have never seen 
the actual, the Disney movie. Obviously, we all know about it because of cultural references and this and that. What a great show. It was kind of silly. Like, I mean, obviously, it's a Disney kids movie, so I guess I should have expected some silliness. But the production was really good. Like, the reindeer thing, it was really awesome out there on stage. The, obviously, the big musical number where she transforms and she's like, ah, screw it. I'm in an ice castle now. Fantastic. The transformation they did was great. The lead singer lady, I'm blanking on her name right now, she was awesome in that. So just a great show. If it's coming to your town, go check it out and have a great time. And I think that's it for me, the king of games and the king of musical theater this week. Fantastic. Yeah, you know, I'm still still pretty bitter that I let you talk about all 42 games you beat, but you just cut me off and didn't let me finish my my, my teen ro- ro- romantic comedy snafu. You know, I play it's a video <laughs> game podcast, Derek. It's a <laughs> oh, video game podcast. That's a, this is the one we did this week, though. This is- <laughs> <laughs> Go See, ahead, man. Just listen. No, we'll, we'll circle no, back listen, to you, Eric. We got, oh, we got oh, time. We got, we got time. time. We got nothing but time. All the time in the world. No, we will circle back to me, but we're going to do it in a different way because, of course, as you all know, hey, there's some games coming out this week. You might want to pay attention to at least one of them. I don't know about what Matt's talking about. I guess we'll see. But you dying- do. You are going to want to pay attention <laughs> to that. You especially will. You know you will. <laughs> I probably will. I will. I think I've already heard a little bit about what you're going to talk about. But Dying Light 2, Stay Human, is out as of Friday, as of tomorrow, as of 2-4, as of now, when you're listening, maybe not. Who knows? All I can tell you is you can go get it. And I, proxy, because of my brother, have it and will play it. So, yay, for me, I get to play Dying Light 2. Except that's a lie. You're going to go watch a zombie anime instead. And then watch a schoolgirl anime. God, that's probably it's probably very true, Matt. It's probably <laughs> very true. But I don't want to lead the people down a, a terrible, sad road. I want them to believe that I'm going to come back someday and play video games again. So I gotta say, I'll be I'll be playing some Dying Light Two: Stay Human. And of course, if you don't know anything about it, it's made, developed, and published by Techland. The original came out many years ago. It was kind of one of those little like sleeper hits. People didn't really expect too much. It came out, and all of a sudden, everyone's like, wow, Dying Light's really good. <laughs> and if you don't know what it's about, it's a first-person parkour zombie apocalypse game. All right? And I'm not going to talk about the first one, but in this one, you're Aiden. It's 15 years after the original Dying Light. You've been infected. You want to stay alive. You are this parkour cool cat doing your thing. You come across this huge this huge town or facility with people still living in it and you're like, "Hey, I need to I need to do what I got to do to keep myself from, you know, turning into a zombie like all the other zombies out there." All right? So, you start taking missions, you start going through this main story. There's two big different uh factions. You got the peacekeepers, and then you got the survivors. And as you go through doing side quests and main quests, you'll have to make these decisions whether to help the peacekeepers or the survivors out. Helping the survivors get you more parkour routes, more parkour things throughout the environment. Helping the peacekeepers get you more traps, defensive facilities, things like that throughout the environments. So these choices you make will be a big deal, will affect how you play and how you go about traversing the city and the areas around said city or whatever you want to call it, settlement. And then, of course, beyond that, the people you meet based off the decisions you make, well, that depends on what happens to them, how they think of you, how they treat you. Uh, Some scenarios will go about where you won't even meet certain other characters. 
because you made certain choices earlier on. So the choices you make do matter. You do have to pay attention uh, to what you're doing and make you know decisions based off how you like playing or how you want to be uh, looked at, viewed at, treated in the game. I think that's really cool. I always love those you know those kind of decision making things going on. But I will say I don't like how according to the game because mind you. I got to start playing tomorrow, not today. From what I hear, it can shut off whole segments and parts of the game. And I don't like that because I'm not a person with a ton of time. So realistically, if I even play this, which I I will at least play it once, uh, I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to do it twice or three times and go see what like other areas or characters had to offer. Speaking of time, Eric, you got to talk about it. You got to talk about that notorious tweet that the devs put out saying there's 500 hours of content <laughs> no, in this we game. Don't. Eric, so you will stupid. never finish so this game. Stupid. You're Just, not the king of games. There's listen, no way you're going to do it. They already backtracked, man. They, they put out the whole shtick. Oh, it's going to take 500 hours. And everyone went, you're so stupid. This is stupid. I don't got time. Blah, blah. And we, we, man, if you do everything, like every blade of grass, look at every blade of grass and look at every quest and do everything and replay it 72 times to meet and do every character's interaction. That's how 500 hours happens. But really, it's only going to be like 20 hours or so and it's like why why i love it i loved it though that's that's so (laughs) great if you could walk it back to less than 10 percent of what you put out there don't put that out there don't put it on now stop it yes they did do that but i was just gonna pass by and let it lie because they've already been raked through the coals the internet already ate them up and destroyed them for it but we didn't have a chance to eat them up eric the fan the third shift fans didn't have a chance to do that's true well now if you've missed all of that you too can go over and say you guys are so dumb that was really bad way to promote your game except was it really because every freaking website every podcast talked about it including yours truly now because of matt Thank you. Was it really bad? Because now everybody goes, Dying Light 2, that's a real game. Wow, I should at least look at it because uh, somebody said something about him. Also, I mean, if you tell me there's lots of content in your game, I'm going to like that more than... That's true. Hey, how long does that story take? Well, I don't know. We're really focused on uh, multiplayer, though. Oh, so it's two hours. Mm -hmm. And so, of course... With that all in mind, you will traverse these environments, parkour style, first person style, running around, mostly using melee weapons. However, there are, you know, crossbows, shotguns. In the daytime, the zombies outside are kind of handicapped, a little bit weak. It's mostly about completing your missions, completing the story, handling business. But if you really want to gain levels, you really want to get the best gear, the best things, because my this is kind of Breath of Wild style. The the weapons degenerate they break and then you got to move on you can however get components and turn them into like magic weapons kind of and in you know whatnot but mind you you'll be using different weapons and using different items throughout the game so don't get super attached to any one particular thing but with that all said you're going to want to be jumping around flying around using your combat abilities getting health getting stamina doing the stats like i said crafting when you can it looks really cool. I've always heard about Dying Light 1, and I should play it. My uh, sister actually played it and loved it, which is really weird because she doesn't typically play those types of games. And I should have took that as a, as a reason to play it, but I didn't. And so now here we are, me looking at this game, having it, like I said, because of my brother. And I'm like, oh, I have to play this game. It actually does look really cool because, especially as I was going on the nighttime, they have, like, these really cool, like, 
not dungeons, but special environments, special things you can do only in the nighttime that will open up special stuff for you. And I'm like, that sounds like a lot of fun. That sounds like a really good challenge. You know, chomp your teeth in the daytime doing story missions, maybe peek out at night here and there, and then just get your skills up. Because at night, the, the zombies go freaking ape wild. And you'll see big, crazy zombies that typically are hiding inside buildings in the daytime that you won't, you know, don't, you won't usually see. That sounds exciting to me. That sounds like a lot of fun. I like that kind of challenge, and I like how they make it so you do it at, at your speed. You don't have to do any of those. You can just stay in the daytime except for a couple, you know, main story missions that take you in the night. But you don't have to You don't have to go in there and be hard mode if you don't want to. But if you want that extra challenge, you want the bonus gear, it looks really cool. I can't wait to give it a shot. Maybe sometime after my next 42 anime shows that I watch or something, maybe I'll think about games again. I don't know. But for now, I'll tell you, don't be like me. Don't be an anime god. Go be a gaming god and play this one. I will say Dying Light 2 does look pretty cool. Like, I had no interest at all in the first one. And honestly, for different reasons, I don't really have interest in this one. But when I see footage of it being played, when I see the parkour stuff, when I hear you talk about, oh, you know, you can go out and do story missions in the daytime and then nighttime unlocks this whole, like, flip side of the world, essentially, where you're doing other kinds of stuff. That sounds really cool. If it just wasn't a zombie game, I would probably at least check it out or try it out or be interested. So it's a pass for me, but it sounds really cool. Like, I like the sounds of everything they're talking about and having tons of content. And if you play it again, you could go different story routes and do different things and close off that area of the map instead of this one. Now you see what's going on over here. That sounds really cool. But a game you can't do any of that stuff in (laughs) is... The game I'm going to talk about, and you know, I just I just realized I've been talking about free games a lot, either Game Pass games or PSN freebies. This is another free game you can download and play on your PC. What am I talking about? It's Bloodborne PSX. What are you talking about, Matt? You hate Bloodborne. You're never going to talk about Bloodborne or a Souls game again. But I love retro demakes of things. Like this is something that doesn't happen a lot. But you know, usually it'll be like a 16-bit version of some. Xbox game or something. You know, this used to happen a lot more back in the day. But here, an indie dev, Lilith Walther, has made essentially a PlayStation 1 version of the first area in Bloodborne. And if you are a Bloodborne fanatic and you watch this, like the opening cutscene exactly mimics the framing and the shots and everything from the actual Bloodborne cutscene, except everyone is PlayStation models. It looks so... I don't know how to say this. It looks so bad. It looks so bad. That's what it looks. But in the best way. (laughs) These are the things I remember going into Blockbuster, picking up that CD case off the shelf, turning it to the back, and seeing exactly these screenshots and going, oh, that looks so cool and scary. So if you go into this thinking like modern day Bloodborne, it's not that. Go into it with your retro hats on. If you're an old man like me and Eric, like we both are, take yourself back to those days of those you know, chunky 3D games where you have to control the camera with like the L and R buttons Mm -hmm. and, you know, use the directional pad because there's no analog control in here. When you want to equip items, you have to go into the menu, scroll down to the inventory tab, open that, scroll up to the certain area, put your stuff on, put your things in. It's not a game that I like. I don't like the the Soulsborne games. I don't like any of that stuff. This probably isn't even a game that I would have played back in the day because I don't play survival horror type things either. 
But when I see footage of this, I get excited. When I see the derpy little like tutorial demons poking out of the floor with a little sign, and when you click on them, they go, use X to run or whatever it is they have. And it, and it goes, and it posts that text up really big on the lower third of the screen. It hits those nostalgia feels for me. Anytime I see this, it makes me so happy. So I'm so glad that this exists. And I was watching some gameplay of it. I went, let me watch a couple of the streamers, like the couple of streamers that I actually like playing this game. And they went, what's this? What? How do, you, how do you equip an item? I don't know, chat, what's going on? It's so retro and so throwback. You have to put your mind way back in those 90s days, that PlayStation 1 era. Way, way back, way back. But if you can do that, it looks and it sounds exactly like those games. I mean, the other stuff that I really love about this is if you go into the like graphics and and like performance options of this game, your FPS cap is at 20, not 120, not 240, not a million like all these normal games. It's capped at 20. And it actually will, when you get to certain areas where there's more enemies or whatever on the screen, or it's or it would have been graphically overloaded for a regular PlayStation 1 game, the game itself will slow itself down, not because it needs to, because you're running it on a new PC, but just to emulate the feel of playing it on a PlayStation 1. There are so many graphical options of like CRT filters, playing it on an old CRT, playing it on a blown out CRT. There's filters for like, if you had recorded on a VHS, oh, now the VHS is old. Now you're, you know, you recorded it on SP instead of EP or whatever. And there's like that, that VHS grain across it. It looks so good. It makes me so happy. Like I, one of those streamers, I said, he was going through every one of those options. He went, I can't even make it out. What's... I can't hardly even see anything. And I'm like, this is what we had to deal with back in the day. When you played it on your old ass TV that, you know, your mom got from your grandma when she upgraded to a giant CRT and you have that crappy one and you plugged it in with the little cables and and your console was not doing so hot. That's what it looked like. It makes me so happy. The existence of this thing, all those graphical options, the built in slowdown and loading times that, I mean, you can turn them off if you want to. But if you're going to mimic that style, mimic that style. They did it. That person, the, the, that dev did it right here. It's free to download. Why? You got to at least watch it. You got to at least watch somebody go through those options, see these things, and just get that nostalgia hit, just like I did. Because it's fantastic. Bloodborne PSX, you've made me so happy. I never thought a Souls or a Bloodborne game would ever do that for me. They did it right here with this one. In fact, they did that. And also, to speak of happiness, to speak of great things, Matt... Are there any keys? Are there any other things in this world that might make us happy? I don't know. I'm sure there are, but I didn't write them down. I am so down. I was oh, so blown no. away by this just, thing. Just, I got time for keys. The no, keys are that, gone. They're the gone, keys are folks. in the keys are in that game. You you get a key and then you gotta scroll over on your key ring and put equip it in your quick item slot. That's how you do it. That's the key I'm interested in this week. That's all. Or maybe yeah, that's true. Or maybe PlayStation stole the keys so they get in their locked up vaults and pull out all that money they needed, Matt, to buy Bungie. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe that's how this went down. There's no keys because they took them. Maybe so. And they said, oh, we got to get in the vault. Because, folks, we won't go long on it. But I did want to bring it up because we talked about, of course, Microsoft's uh, acquisition the other week. Bungie has just been purchased by PlayStation. And, of course, everybody immediately was like, oh, they're they're reacting. And it's like, no, this takes forever to make a deal like this. This is not them reacting. And then, of course, people speculate on what it means. Will Destiny going forward be for just PlayStation? Will Bungie's games only be for PlayStation? 
so we can skip all that because the clarification came. Destiny, no. Well, stay multi-platform. Nothing's going to change. In fact, Sony gave them the rights to publish their own stuff and keep putting on any platform they wish to put their stuff out on. And then that was the that was the clarification. And so everyone was going with that. Well, what's that really mean, though? What, what, da, 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 da. And then there was even more clarification. And that was, hey, look, here's why we bought Bungie. We bought Bungie because they're one of the only development teams with a successful online service game that has gone on for well, eight years. We're almost at the 10-year marker with it now or something like that. It's crazy. And they said that we wanted to buy them for the reason that they can provide us with all that knowledge and all that understanding of how an online game works because we want to release six of those types of games within the next few years. So having their expertise and keeping the teams that are doing those games up to speed so we don't make all the same crappy, stupid mistakes that all these online service games always end up making, even though they've seen games do it successfully, which always boggles my mind. Regardless, PlayStation's trying to avoid all that. So they said, hey, look, let's just get you on the team. You keep doing whatever you want. We give you lots of money to make your games even better and put them wherever you want. And they said, also, it's a wish for us to go multi-platform. So this is one of those reasons why we also did it. Because now you'll, you will be able to play your Destiny over on Xbox. You'll play it on the PC. But you'll get that nice PlayStation logo. PlayStation's still going to get money from it. It's a win-win for them. And then lastly, Matt, they're like, also, do you, do you remember we're like trying to make shows and movies and do stuff? We think Bungie's Destiny has the possibility to be an amazing something. So guess what? You're going to be seeing Destiny shows, cartoons, movies, who knows. But you're going to be seeing it because that's what PlayStation is interested in. And so they ate up Bungie, got him on board, which is cool for me because now Bungie, immediately after this, was like, hey, we're hiring hundreds and hundreds of new people. Come on, come work for Bungie and make Destiny even better, even greater. And then, of course, these IPs that they haven't announced. Because remember, year, a couple years ago, they got that big old boon from, um, oh, was it Tencent or somebody to start making a game? And so who knows what the hell that's even all about yet? Plus, of course, this money from PlayStation to do some more original IPs. It's insane, man. It's really cool. But it's, I wanted to bring it up because it's different. Like, Microsoft keeps buying all these studios to actually, you know, you're our studio. Your games now are Microsoft's games, and now what you make is going to be a part of us. Whereas PlayStation just bought Bungie and went, no, 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 we still want them to be a part of everything. We're utilizing their skill sets to further our own agenda with our other properties and titles, etc. So it's it's kind of cool just to see the the different maneuvers going on, in my opinion. Now, you want to talk about this because this, this is two weeks in a row. You got an Eric specific topic. You got to talk about Horizon last week, snore, boo, <laughs> crap game. Now, oh, so I could, talk, I could say the words Destiny 2 again? Oh, boy. I can't oh, wait boy. to go on a big rant about Destiny and blah, 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 blah. But I mean, it is cool as long as, I mean, this is the kind of stuff we always talk about when, like, when Gearbox got bought by Embracer Group. Maybe they, this company, can dip their toes in those waters. That's officially the stance here. Mm-hmm. We bought them for their expertise. They can show these people how they do this, and they can share their knowledge, and they can all, we can all be in this one happy little pot. The thing that I wouldn't say like worries me or like makes me go hmm even is, I mean, we all know Bungie gets bought out by people like all the time, and then they just like immediately turn around and leave. Like they, they yeah. did it with Microsoft. Well, that's the difference. They did it. Is, with- it was always a it was always a publishing deal before. 
So they're like, we're buying the publishing rights to your titles for this amount of time. PlayStation actually just literally, literally bought them now. So this time, Bungie can't leave unless PlayStation goes, oh, sure, for this amount of money, we'll release you and you can become independent. I mean, But they're a money farm already. They got all this money from everybody who plays Destiny, Destiny 2 anyway. Destiny, I'm, just, Destiny, I'm not Destiny. saying it would happen. <laughs> I'm just saying it, it feels weird. Like the big press release that they're the, the FAQ that they put out saying, hey, we're still all self-published. We're going to do whatever the hell we want. They just own us now. It It makes it feel more right, I guess. But it just feels strange for a company that's notorious for wanting to break out and do their own thing all the time to now get bought. Mm-hmm. It just it just feels weird in my head brain. That's all. I'm not saying it's going to be bad. I'm not saying anything bad is going to happen. I hope everything goes great, just like I do when with every merger and acquisition that there is. It just feels strange for this one, because this is the notorious, we are independent and we do our own thing. And yes, what they're saying right now is they can totally do their own thing still. It just feels really strange. It feels weird and to me. But the hey. The reason I feel happier about it, though, Matt, it's because it's, it gets your destiny, man. No, no, no. The it's, it's, it, yes, it's only because they've you know they've been screwed over twice. You know, we want to get out of making the Halo games. There was a big hubbub about it. Boom, they had to go away from Microsoft, and then they went to Activision. And they're like, "Hey, you're going to support us, right? Yeah, we'll support you." And then later on down the road, they're like, "Uh, you're you're trying to force us to do shit we don't want to do. We want out of this deal." You'd think they'd learn not to do it again unless they're sure. This time's the right time, and this time's going to be different. Now, that sounds like a bad girlfriend with a lot of abusive boyfriends. So, I, you know, never mind, Matt. Maybe this all turned out poorly. I don't know. <laughs> and you have to say screwed over from whoever's perspective, too. Like, yeah. That, that's all I was going to say about that. That's why I had yeah. my little quote fingers up. But then, yes, you made the point quite expertly. This time's going to be different. And then in five years, we'll have a conversation of, oh, they just they just left Sony. And they, and Sony said they left all their projects hanging in the wind. Oh, man, boo-hoo. But we'll see what happens. I mean, all their stuff said, hey, all of our stuff's still going to be multi-platform no matter what. So it doesn't really is- matter, really. <laughs> And the last big kicker from this, which is diverging from it, Matt, was that they were like, hey, this isn't the end. We're acquiring more studios. So we're going to see more studios. And then Jeff Keighley on Twitter was like, hey, this year's going to be interesting, folks. You're going to see some stuff. So right around the corner, we're getting more studios eaten up by PlayStation and probably presumably Microsoft. For, but for, <sighs> sure, for sure PlayStation, because they literally said they are getting more. And then, of course, everybody went crazy going, who's it going to be? Take your biggest guess. Konami, yeah. Capcom, Sega, da-da-da-da-da, you know, so from software. They can take that one. They can have that one. I don't care. They can have that one all day long. Why would you, you be mad about PlayStation I, getting anything? Aren't you a PlayStation guy? Or are you switched? Are you on the opposite team now? Are you a, you're an Xbox kind of guru now? We had this discussion like two weeks ago, Eric. When, when, when it comes down to corporations just have to get bigger and bigger and bigger and buy everything up, That's I don't like that. But you know what? They can eat up from software because I'll never play one of those games ever again, ever, ever, ever in my whole life. They can have that one. And I'll just state the obvious one that everybody's talking about is Konami. Somebody's got to get them eaten up so we can get Silent Hills out there again, Metal Gear's out there again, things like that. I, I I know that's the typical answer. Trust me, I listen to a million shows. But it's the it's just the right one because they're not doing anything with the IPs anyway. 
but of course, then the trouble comes in. They're all, they they do all sorts of health and fitness uh, stuff. They do all sorts of pachinko machines, gambling stuff. So how do you how do you let Konami keep doing all that on top of getting the titles? Do you just purchase the titles? Blah 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 blah. It's a whole issue. But that's the easy one, and that's the one I I still I don't care if it's easy. I I want to believe in as well because that's not hurting anybody. That's just helping everybody by getting those awesome IPs back out into the wild again. I still would feel weird about that one. But the thing that I want the most, regardless of if it's because the license was sold or because they bought the company, I want more games in those series created by passionate people who care about those series. I know I've said that on this podcast a million times. Mm -hmm. That's the important thing. Whether how it comes, whether Konami themselves do it, outsource it to other people, whatever, get bought out by Sony, I don't care. I want more Metal Gears by people who are passionate about Metal Gear. I want to see more Silent Hills from people who are passionate about that kind of stuff. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see big fish got to eat the other big fish. Now we only have two big fish swimming here and one little Nintendo fish just swimming around. I don't well, like that. Yeah, I was going to say, the, like Nintendo, the Nintendo fish will always be its own fish. We ain't got to worry about it. And I will you say, say this, that. You say that now. I had a, I in had five a years, when Microsoft buys Nintendo, <laughs> I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to punch you in the face. That's fine. That's fine. I don't care. I had a dream <laughs> that Sega's going to get purchased by Microsoft. So expect it, folks. Sega's going to Sega's going to Microsoft, which also means Atlas is going to Microsoft. So the world's going to change, and I don't know if that means Microsoft's going to play, uh, you know, play cool, or if, if they won't. But that's going to change a lot if that happens. So just just saying. You know what I dreamt about? What'd you I dreamt think? about being at work, and then like one night I fell asleep, and I dreamt that I slept really badly, and I woke up and I went, oh, but I slept great. So th- this this is the kind of dreams that I have. Yeah, I don't have those kinds of dreams. I have wild, crazy dreams. But I just I just wanted to bring that up. I thought we had to at least breach, broach the subject, whatever you want to call, and get it done. So there you go. I know it's not your favorite thing, but we had to do it. We had to do it. Sega has actually put stuff out on Microsoft consoles before. So that yeah. one would kind of make sense. Like even back in the days when nobody did, they they still did. But whatever. I'm sick of this they, conversation, Eric. <laughs> Tell us about something really cool that we're both very excited about, like Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Let's get into that because that's the thing that I'm very happy about. Are you? Are you happy? Because I don't hear you talking nothing about it. What are you talking about? What's going on, Matt? What's going on in this Tiny Tina's Wonderlands? I know one thing. They revealed uh, the, the last two freaking classes, which is the Graveborn and the Spore Warden. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, man, these are looking good. I was immediately attracted to that Grave Warden. But then, I mean, not Grave Warden, Grave. I, want, I keep calling him the Grave Warden. I keep mixing the two. Don't ask Grave me Warden why. and Sporeborn. Yeah, exactly. Well, the Sporeborn. You can mix the two when you finally get it, Eric. <laughs> and you can. That's, maybe I'm just creating my alternate title for when there I actually go. mix them up and become this hybrid class. But the Graveborn was looking really sweet. But I, I just hate any abilities. Of lifesteal. I hate it when you got to take your own life to get damage, but then, of course, leech life off them to get your da- your health back. I don't like that mechanic. I just don't like it. I've never liked it. I was going to say, I love lifesteal, but I don't like giving life to get lifesteal. That was... Yeah. It, I saw the character and I went, oh, yeah, cool. And something that came later, the little little floating like mini demi-lich or whatever it was Your they lich, called yeah. it. I went, hell, yeah, that's awesome. But when that first thing came up and they went, yeah, sacrifice your own life to do big attacks. And I went, no, mm. hard no, absolutely not. I mean, there's even characters in League of Legends where that's their only ability. I never play those characters. I hate that. I don't, I don't ever do that. 
That's not for me. But what is for me is that Spore Warden, because not only, well, I mean, the frost arrows are pretty cool, but then you can shoot out three cold tornadoes and then you get a pet. And I went, yeah. And then I thought, wait, but the Graveborn has a pet. Wait, but the Clawbringer has a pet. How am I going to choose which pet class I want to do? Later in that trailer, they told me, hey, if you multi-class, you can have multiple pets. You can have dual pets. I can have a dragon and a little spore dude, or I can have a lich and a dragon, or a lich and a spore dude, or whatever. That made me so happy, seeing the dude run with two pets behind him. Now I have my choice of three classes so far. I can't Mm -hmm. wait. And that's precisely what I was going to say, was that with that being said and that being known... I mean, you will for sure have to have a combination of those together, so that way we have four pets with us. Oh, yeah. Everywhere we go, no matter what we do, so that way, the more drinks we have, the pets just have to pick up their pace. The pets mm-hmm. just have to make up the difference a little bit. That's all. And with four pets, you know it's possible. You know they can handle most situations, so we'll be able to just have more beers and laugh while we do absolutely nothing and are useless for the most part. Absolutely. Every boss fight, we're going to go hide behind a rock, just like we used to. Oh, uh, go, 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 Mr. Shroom. Go, Mr. Dragon. And then we'll just, ha, <laughs> what did happen at work today? Oh, my God. Blah, 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 blah. I love it. But I am very excited for these classes. I mean, all, all of them. But what do I say every time we talk about Wonderlands, especially when we talk about the classes? Now I have to see the skill trees. I have uh-huh. to see them. Because that is what will, I mean, obviously what will decide it for me, but that's when I'm going to see where I really do get hyped at. Because I went back and I watched the class trailers for the Berserker and the Stabomancer too. And I went, man, but there's no pets here. I guarantee if they put some really cool stuff in those skill trees, which I know they will because it's Gearbox and they always do really cool stuff, maybe I'm going to start leaning those ways. I mean, as much as double pets is cool, if I look at the skill trees of all three of those, and only one of them appeals to me, I'm definitely going to go to whatever one is the coolest. I just got to see what those are now. Hopefully sometime this month, especially with all the IGN coverage that's coming and has been here, hopefully that'll start coming down the pipe too. We're only like a month and a half away from it now. So Now, I know we were just joking too, of course, about having two pets each, but immediately after seeing this, and then like you said, I also went and rewatched the others, I was like, Spore Warden and the Spell Shot just seems so awesome to me. You know, mm-hmm. fire and ice, the whole yep. mage thing. I, I can just be a mage. I can do this. I know they said you'll never be able to just be a mage. Guns are still going to be a big primary way of dealing damage. But I was like, man, I think this will be as close as I can get to it. But just casting out those dual spells all the time. You know, and of course, they're on rotations. And from what it looks like, they replaced the grenades. So it's mm-hmm. you're just using the spells on the cooldowns, etc., instead of you know throwing grenades out and whatnot, which I love and I appreciate. I was thinking of it too, man. If that spore warden can buff up his little spore dude to be like Mr. Beef, then I could actually go a little bit stabomancer. And while Mr. Beef is wreaking havoc, stealth around backstab some people or just throw out that giant spinny blade on them and then also either i don't know if you're gonna have to swap them back and forth or whatever but have those three cryo tornadoes and that giant spinny blade which we've seen them throw out three in a row of those i'm just aoe jones i'm sending in my little spore dude everyone's clumping up around him and i'm going and then 
and just murdering everything. And and what on top of all that, I'm wondering because you know they've they've had to learn a lot from their previous titles, like Battleborn, Pendles. They've got invisibility in this game, and I'm like, are they going to make that actually really something? To where, like you said, you get the AOE going, you get the you know your pet getting all the uh, the attention. You go sneak around, get within certain range, whatever it is, with a shotgun or your melee weapon, and boom, you're just doing like explosive, huge hits while you're invisible and unnoticed or whatever. That could lead to all sorts of really just fun gameplay that's different from the hey, let's just you know shoot a billion rounds until the enemy's dead. That let you play like we used to play with Pendles, Anari, etc. Back in the old days. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I can't wait to see more of this. IGN just had a hands-on preview, which showed more like in-game action. Watching that made me hungry to play this game. Seeing, I mean, obviously they were running it on like a high-power PC or whatever, but those graphics looked awesome. That gameplay looked smooth. Those guns looked really cool. The abilities looked like a ton of fun when he was jumping across with the uh i think that's the the berserkers big uh hammer smash mm-hmm. it looked like so much fun it looked so fluid and so fast and so i mean it always is because borderlands is that too but it just looked like a ton of fun and all the bright colors and the crazy things going on in the background it made me so much more hyped for this game well, and then how they incorporate that melee in where like if you you lock into your melee it slides you right in and you get that first hit in that just looks awesome, and it feels good too. Because as it's been mentioned on like the IGN coverage, uh, it's more than what melee has ever been in Borderlands. Mm-hmm. And you know we've talked about it before. Is it actually going to be uh, playable, just melee only, or spells only? And of course, from from Borderlands developers themselves, that's not going to be the case. You still are going to have to kind of mix and match it all together. But it, but the gameplay shown looks like you will actually be able to use melee to kill baddies, to handle business, to get into a scenario and take control of it. Uh, and I'm I'm stoked for that because that sounds like a lot of fun. Any way you can change the gameplay up just a little bit to where it's not just shoot and win because you've got uh, the conference call with the you know max stats or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be is really cool for me. And just seeing just seeing the spell shots comet, you know, the meteor come down and just mm-hmm. boom. I'm like, oh man, I want to be doing that all the time. Just meteors all over the place having a great old time well the best part about the melee stuff was they were talking about how the melee weapons that drop will have stats and rolls on them and things that man maybe every kill you get or you know consecutive hits with this melee weapon refreshes your spell cooldown by x number of whatever or you know adds vulnerability to them so when you go back to your shotgun you're really blowing them away i can't wait to see that Uh, modifiers for melee weapons that you can have attached to your character. That's another thing to pull the strings and make my build. When I get this with, you know, all my frost damage over here, and you get elemental damage modifier on your melee weapon too, run up, smack him with this, then hit him with the frost. Now they're twice as vulnerable or whatever. That's awesome. That's awesome. I can't wait. Tons of possibilities for it. Oh, tons of possibilities. And then, of course, we've seen it a little bit before, but in the IGN's uh, big gameplay review thing they put up a couple days ago, which, by the way, go check that out if you haven't. It's, it's pretty cool, pretty fun. You get to see a little bit more, especially it, the environment change. Well, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's very cool for how short it is, too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of info packed in there and a lot of new gameplay that we saw. Like, I saw it, and it was like five minutes, and I went, ah, oh, I wanted 20. But then when I watched it, I was so hyped that five minutes 
it paid its it paid its dues here. It made me that much more excited. Yeah, same for me. All, all that I saw just made me way more hyped for this game. And on top of it, like I was saying, the uh, the transition of Tiny Tina going, "Oh, you've come upon this castle in this city." However, unfortunately, it's actually been battle and rage, skeleton armies march, and right in front of your face, the environment changed, and the castle, the whole city was on fire, it was dark out, skeletons were marching in these giant formations towards it and stuff, and I was like, yes, yes, that is that is what I thought was the coolest thing from the old school DLC, was when she would talk, and the environment would just warp around you, and change right in front of you to whatever it is she was going on about, and I'm like, yes, I hope that that is a theme throughout this entire Wonderlands. Just always on your toes, always wondering what kind of craziness she's gonna, Tiny Tina's going to toss in next and do to you on, a, on a, just a, a minute-by-minute basis. And, I mean, like we've talked about before with the overworld, if you're going to have encounters on that overworld, I mean, obviously maybe they would only have like two or three different variations. But if you go in there and, you know, you've cleared out the, the little ogre ambush or whatever, Oh, Tina, we've already done this one. Oh, yeah? Well, maybe now they have flaming arrows, or maybe it's not ogres, it's a skelly men army. The possibilities for her to change things up are phenomenal. I want to see lots of variations of things. I would love to see bunches of DLCs for this game, too. I don't think they've announced anything like that. But the places you could go with just that theme of her changing stuff up on the fly would be incredible. Now, on the DLC thing, I think they did announce DLCs already for it. Okay. Uh, I'll have to confirm. So now we've checked. I am right to be hyped because the chaotic great edition of the game does come with a season pass, which I will assume is the traditional Borderlands season pass of DLCs 1, 2, 3, and 4. Whether there are characters or classes or whatever in there, that gives me hope for story stuff and going off the rails nuts, going off the table. Maybe your board falls off the table like we oh, said before. And now you're in free fall in a weird moon jump crazy land. Who mm-hmm. knows? The possibilities for that are just ridiculous. Even if it's not just fall off the table, but she just smacks down like a bonus board, you know, like you do oftentimes in D&D, and all of a sudden you've got this standalone adventure, this little dungeon, whatever the case may be, and it can be completely different because obviously in D&D, you can make up any story you want, stepping through some kind of teleportation thing, and all of a sudden you're in this alternate dimension where you're fighting fluffy bunnies and whatnot, just like uh, Diablo does with its cow level, secret cow level, mm-hmm. and so Oh, gosh, golly. Woo. It could be so good, and it's getting closer and closer, and I'm getting more pumped for it. You know, it's kind of felt like it was forever away, but it's mm-hmm. finally starting to feel like it's something we're going to actually play and have a good time with. It is kind of funny because I saw when I watched that stuff and it went, hey, it's coming out March 25th, and my brain still went, that's still forever away, but my heart went, that's just right around the corner, dude. Yeah, we're going to be playing that in no time and drinking beers and having a fun time. What about you out there in podcast listener land? You've heard how hyped we are for this game. Are you just as hyped? And if you're not, go watch that IGN coverage. Go read up the article that we didn't even have time to get to. This time, we'll talk about it next time. It's all about the bar and the cool stuff that happened in there. And then get hyped with us and tell us how hyped you are via the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme, and find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Mm-mm-mm. You can find us over on Facebook, but you can also find us on Patreon. Like what we're doing, like what you see, want to help support us, consider throwing a little dollar, two dollars, three dollars, a hundred bucks, any kind of bucks in that old tip jar. Appreciate it. Keeps the lights on, keeps us paying bills, keeps us all happy as little lambs on the open sea. 
I don't know if lambs are actually happy on the open sea, but I'm going to imagine that they are. I'm going to imagine they are indeed. Tell the dolphins, not the dolphins, stupid. Get those little orca bastards. They'll come in and eat those poor little lambs. Ah, man, that could be a bad day. But enough see, of Wait, I got to cut in here because now <laughs> twice you've made animal type references that make me have a beautiful picture in my head. One, lambs on the open sea. I'm picturing like pirate lambs running their own ship. Fire the cannons. And then earlier... When you said parkour once, you said porkor. And then yes. I thought of a parkour pig just running parkour and jumping pig. and sliding. Hell yeah. Doing what he has to do. You know what I mean? What can I say? You know, when I, once, once I given up games and started doing anime, now <laughs> <laughs> things just go through my brain. It's just wild. It's a whole different life I'm living these days. Whew. But if you want to get me back on track, maybe if I saw that million dollars in the old Patreon, Matt. I'd instantly be back on track, and I'd instantly go, oh, yeah, I like video games. That's what I used to do. It's the whole reason we do this show. Oh, my gosh. But we won't have time to do that because we're running the goddamn food line. Running the food line. Man, with all those awesome cameras, and we'd have the giant goldfish thing or the lion. or I don't even remember anymore. I know we had babies in jars, for God's sakes. I know we had that. The ideas. It was wild. It was crazy. But no one's given us that million bucks, so... You know, maybe it's going to fade away someday, and all I'll remember is some kind of anime thing. Maybe we're going to have anime girls there. I don't remember. I don't remember. I mean, I'm down with that. Hey, I'm not going to complain either. But anywho, hey, we appreciate all of you having a past and or future that have thrown a buck or two our way. It keeps us safe and cozy, and we love it, and we thank you so very much. But if you can't support us with the money, I've told you, I went over to Spotify, and I got a five-star rating for the old podcast. That's what I did. I went in there and I gave us a whole five-star rating and I and I went over to iTunes and I said, oh, I'm going to do this. And it said, you got to log in. And I said, I don't have an iTunes login because I don't, I don't use Apple. And then I went, that's too far. This is too far. I got to log in. I got to create an account. I said, maybe next week. But for this week, I at least did the Spotify and you can too. It's not that hard. Get on your phones and do it. Help us out. It helps so very much. I've told you this. Or mailbag questions or comments or questions of any kind or feedback on the old Twitters, get out there, folks. Come on. I want to hear you talk about whatever the hell it is you want us to know. Absolutely. And I want you all to listen to the very next episode, which will be dropping on the 10th of February, which you can find on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a view, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services. Because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do, just like we appreciate those five-star reviews I was just mentioning to you before. Please give us a five-star, five-star, five-five, 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 five-star rating. And with that, there's nothing else to say, but... Sit down. Sit down.